0: Hello my friends and welcome back to the Happy Pill podcast. I'm creating a new series called The Conversations. This is an important time to be talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and I for one am very excited about the guests coming onto the show for this series. There is so much that I need to learn and I want to open up this platform for all of us who are interested in helping to make lifelong, positive and sustainable changes with our beautiful sisters and brothers of color and create a world of true equality. These conversations are recorded using Zoom, so you will notice an audio change if you are listening to the podcast version. There is also a video compliment that you can find on my website or on my YouTube channel called The Happy Pill Podcast. If you are compelled, please share these conversations with your loved ones. Have these conversations with your loved ones. I hope you enjoy the guests and the information and stories that they are bravely sharing with all of us. Thank you for tuning in. All right, welcome back, my friends. I hope you enjoyed part one. We are now into part two with Nicole Pemberton. As you can see, her beautiful face there. This is all video, by the way. Um, Those who just listen to the podcast, you're going to hear her beautiful voice. For those that want both, it's going to be up on my YouTube channel. So, here we go. Let's continue with the conversations. Even though I'm just listening, like I'm not, uh, I'm not really part of the conversation. I'm just listening. I'm just of course you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'm I'm here. I'm here. this this is this is beautiful and amazing. So I again, I am in such gratitude for you for being here and sharing. um you're an amazing orator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you a public speaker? you do public speaking? Yes, perfect. Yeah. That's us make it yeah uh, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, let's get right back into it. So let's continue uh on with our with your story, our conversation. And we have a, a mutual friend um together. Together. Does that even sound right? Oh, that sounds right. We have a mutual friend. That's cool. are. And she was talking about finding her blackness and her womanness through her art. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to know, have you had this experience as well? And you know, can you describe it? Um, you know, for her, I think they came at separate times. Yeah. But did you have this kind of experience?
1: Um, yeah, I've had this. Um, it was weaved in since, and since my parents, um, which big credit to them because they exposed me to um, the arts at such a young age. Uh, I'm, it's embedded in in my culture, like my background is um, from the Caribbean. And uh, my, my dad is from St. Kitts and Nevis. My mom is from Antigua and Barbuda and both of them uh, moved to England uh, within the same year um, when they were 13. So uh, my, my background, as I know it, is from the Caribbean. And then I have the weaving of uh, England. And then when they moved to Canada, right, and now I have the Canadian within my my cultural background, and there's some Dutch in there as well, my great aunt uh, researched that in the family. So we have this weaving so steeped within the within the Caribbean, the West Indian background, music, dancing, you know, community um, um, and within the Caribbean culture, you have the weavings of um, French, uh, Spanish, East Indian, you have the indigenous uh, people of the Caribbean, you have Chinese, um, the English, and you have African. I feel like I'm missing one, but I think that's about <laughs> it, right? So you have these weavings in the Caribbean culture, right? Um, so, and all of those cultures, music and dance and the arts are big in community, are a big part of life, right? So we have that. That is my that is my blood foundation, right? Mm-hmm. That is my blood blueprint. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and now we weave in. Like the, the Canadian experience, right? So um, as a kid, like we, my parents took myself and my sister to uh, festivals and to the theater, and um, so that was that was part of growing up. You know, at home when you have gatherings, you know, or not, or not even gatherings, the music would be on. It'd be loud. It'd be playing. It'd be joyful. It'd be, it would feel good, right? So. The arts has always been a part of my upbringing and even into, and all the way through adulthood. Um, and so that was that, like, as we say, the black experience, that, that has been my experience. That has been in my, that is weaved into my life. Um, my first visceral memory and exposure to it, um, aside from going to uh, festivals and carnival and things like that, where I really connected with it is when I watched a um, a PBS special called Black Dance in America. My parents had taped it on VHS. <laughs> oh no, we'll okay. now like vhs you know the the tv was like the like the the frame was the 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 the, the oak you know that solid mahogany yes frame. the zenith tv and it was a good tv you know then um you had to go up uh, and
0: change the channels manually yeah (laughs) exactly well this one had a remote we were fancy you know (laughs) (laughs) We got got a a good one with the remote
1: and, you know, the VHS. And so my parents had taped uh, the, the show and I watched it the next day. And I saw, little did I know who I was watching at the time, but I was watching legends in the Black dance community, especially from in the uh, United States. So it was my first exposure to Garth Fagan dance, to Chuck Davis, Elio P- Pomari, uh, Catherine Dunham, Alvin Ailey American dance theater, right? Break dancing, um, tap, like finding out the roots of tap and uh, um, Harlem, the roots of jazz, uh, that Renaissance period, and seeing contemporary dance. You know, some of it I really enjoyed, and others I didn't have a quite under a good understanding because you know at that time you know contemporary dance is just it was kind of way out there for for a kid. But, uh, you know, you see breakdance and all that popular stuff that was going on then. I was like, yeah, I can dig it, you know. <laughs> um, jump rope, like double dutch, you know. So just to see all of that, my mind was blown. And I watched that tape like hundreds of times. That, that was, was hard my. Out.
0: Pardon? Almost wore it out, right?
1: Oh no, I still have it. <laughs> My mom said, you watch this thing more than I can count. You need to have it. And, and I when I said I watched it the other day, th- you're like, you're not sick of watching that? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm sure you can YouTube it now, but you know. Um, but it was that exposure of seeing um the shapes and the bodies of uh, uh, and the hearing the drums and hearing the uh, the 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 masters talk about dance and art and 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 the inspiration I was in. So from that experience, I and from that exposure, I was always wanting to know more about black dance about, about dance in general and, 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 and seeing like the dancing in the video, music videos in the movies and the television specials. Anytime there was dance, I was just like, let me see, (laughs) you know, I would, I I couldn't care less about the, the camera being panned to the audience. I'll be like, let me see the dance, you know, (laughs) but, um, it just, it just brought, it, it, it introduced storytelling. It introduced bringing the human experience in an art form. It introduced the powerful medium of how the arts can really speak and connect. And when I decided to say, I'm going to be a professional dancer and and move to Toronto um, on quite an, uh, just like I was very much in that ambition as like, how do I get to be a professional dancer? So I moved to Toronto uh, with no planning, no nothing. It was just like, there's an opportunity, I'm going. And what was motivating me Not so much as that, what motivated me was to dance, to dance in the theater, to dance in uh, um, the different platforms across the board. But I was very much interested in finding a, a black company to dance with because of my memories and visioning of Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater of seeing Garth Fagan. And this was at the time where the Lion King um, musical, Mm. shortly after, was was starting to be created. And I wanted in, like, I wanted to be in that space where of, of what I saw, excuse me, as a kid and to be able to use to to create stories with my body with other um uh and, and with other bo- bodies uh, black bodies as well and to be in the midst of 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 telling stories some that i could relate to and others that i would discover as well um so I, you know, and I did that. And as, as I moved forward, you know, I really understood the deep connection about telling, sto- telling the stories um, through art that really helped to connect us through spoken word, through dance, through video, um, uh, different realms of media. So that did, that absolutely uh, uh, influenced me a lot. You know, I would look at, I was especially look at the different experiences of everybody. And I've been fortunate to, to learn from the First Nations community. I've been fortunate to learn from um, the Indian community, from uh, the Chinese community, from the, from the Latin community, all the, you know, we all have links. We all have these similar thread and weaving um, a common thread. And then from that common thread, we have all these other experiences um, that come from a common thread. You know? So when we go back, when we look at like even human, human civilizations of where we come from, if we understand that we come from the same thread, it's just that we've all branched. And that's why you see so many different shades and languages and traditions and cultures and food and, you know, and from wherever we are geographically. And you see people's family trees, they're going from light to dark. How the hell can you be discriminatory when it's in your blood?
0: Mm-hmm. When you're saying light to dark, are you meaning white to black? Is that yeah. what you're referring to? Kay?
1: Yeah. Like if I look at my own family, right? Um, there is you. There is my my family spans all shades. My own personal family, mm-hmm. right? So why, there's no, I can't, to discriminate would be to to discriminate against my family. Hmm. You know, so art has a beautiful way of bringing the experience in a, a visceral and tangible way to draw you in And to give you the lens of an experience of what people live through or what what they go through. And that's one of the things that definitely has influenced me in in my artistry as uh, when dancing professionally, um, when creating, speaking, and um,
2: also taking in the human experience,
3: you know?
0: mm-hmm. Did you ever have any difficulties in your artistic career because of the color of your skin? Mm.
1: I, not so much in your face. Mm. Um, I, I think it was passive. You know, sometimes through language about maybe somebody would, would over-instate their experience, say, oh, well, I have 20 years of experience doing X, Y, and Z. Or if I'm, let's say I'm leading an experience and the people don't know who's coming in and I show up and it's like, it's just you. Yeah, it's just me, you know. So, though, there have been, the, the experiences have been passive. They have not been so much in your face, uh, you know, name calling or um, actions. Uh, some of them have been very subtle. And the, the, the way I combat it is that I, I really don't take on anybody's crap. <laughs> girl. Um, but I just show up
2: as best as I can
1: in my ability to do the work and 10 out of 10 whatever the person thought I will have shifted that perspective it's like oh you actually you did great yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. Or I never saw, you know, or in conversation, I never thought of it that way. Awesome. Mm-hmm. You know? um, I bring, uh, you know, and, and I mean, that's to credit to how I was brought up because there's an understanding of, yes, I know the, I know the, the past. I know the, the, the narrative. I know the experiences, but I don't take that anger and I don't take that with me. That's not to say that I don't get affected by certain things that happen in the world. It's just that um, I'm always looking at how do I move forward? What, how am I being the example? How am I contributing? Am I contributing um, anger? Am I contributing solution, right? Am I contributing to well you you people have always been like this so i'm not even talking to you i'm going this way and just you know kind of secluding no i'm not going to do that you know
2: i choose to
1: move in a way that is part of the solution it's part of the progress It's part of the um the evolution and if that is part of the systematic breakdown of you know things that are in place or or that are getting disrupted well then i've been on that train since
0: whoop, whoop, since you know <laughs> toot your I'm, horn
1: girl toot your yeah. horn. <laughs> And I continue to do that, you
0: know. Yeah, because that shapes your art now, right? Anything that you're yeah. creating. Yeah. 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 yeah beautiful. We're going to, yeah. we're, we are going to do a, a separate episode about your goddess moves and stuff like that. So this mm-hmm. is probably something that you can talk about more of, mm-hmm. right? Uh, excited for that. Excited mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that you are an advocate for are women's bodies, mm-hmm. right? Um, can you start to talk about this? Mm-hmm. What does that mean?
1: Yeah. Um, I believe in the ownership of, of our bodies. And it's multi-layered. Um, but really speaking up for the treatment of our bodies, also being active participant in the health of our bodies, Um, What I mean by active participant means that there's an active and a a balanced dialogue between um, the people that we allow in our healthcare tribe, right? So doctors, uh, holistic practitioners, whoever, Um, that there's an active dialogue, right? Um, And that there is a, a... Evolved relationship um, with the body. Um, The mindset and also the, the fullness of how we own ourselves. Right. And it goes deep within the space of the womb, it goes deep within, you know, how we show up in the world. It goes deep within how we express ourselves. It goes deep within deconstructing um, the oppression that has been put on women to oppress like our innate power, right? Men and women, we are powerful human beings, right? Mm-hmm but women have been suppressed uh, through history for things that are innately ours. And the language or the representation and the narrative of certain things in a woman has been skewed for us to disconnect when really we need to reconnect. You know, for example, our menstrual cycles, right? Thank goodness there is an opening. There's more of an opening of this right now. But our menstrual cycles, when I talk to my great aunt and I hear about their experience, you know, they had um, like a cloth, kind of uh, uh, like layers of cloth that they wore and you had to wash that every day, clean, clean, clean. And it was white. And to wash it every day, have it clean. And then, you know, uh, and, you know, and you know how kids are sometimes when they don't understand. The boys, if they see red on the, on the dress or whatever, you sit down, you'd be teased. And it was, it, it was, it was very shameful. But you had to get on with life. There was no, you're gonna rest for three days, right? Mm-hmm. There, there, wasn't that wasn't happening. Um, you had to get on with life. So there, uh, there was a disconnect, um, because of just the society at large, right? Um, and then also being able to talk about it freely, publicly. Like even now, like we see commercials with tampons and, um, you know, maxi pads is just like, you know, a, a certain freedom about having the right maxi pad or tampon, something to collect it and throw it in the garbage. And it's like, yes, I have this now. I can now move on. I can I can live my life freely.
0: Right.
1: As opposed to.
2: we are supposed
1: we are designed to slow down that's why there is such a increase in pms pcos uterine uh, fibroids cysts endometriosis part of part of the reason of the rise of those de- um imbalances is is the disconnection within our menstrual cycles or moon cycles
3: mm-hmm.
1: right and even the language in calling it the curse or the rag period the the rag or all yeah. those things right yeah um I mean, it's 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 part of it. I'm not saying it's all of it because there's lots of other factors that go along with um, um, with those imbalances. But just even getting into a space of honoring the cycle, I grew up hating my cycle because I, from the time I had my period, uh, my my moon cycle, I had debilitating pain. And I put in everything under the map, like primrose oil, um, Tylenol, Advil, a hot water thing, chamomile tea, anything I could take to get rid of the pain. I hated my menstrual cycle growing up. And... The again, it's no fault to uh, my parents or anybody else. It was just in the society at large, it is something to be hidden, it is something to put whatever you need to put up your vagina walls and get on with life. Hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, whether we're bleeding or not bleeding. This is, this is something that the, 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 the paradigm of just viewing that sacred time in our bodies is starting, it needs to be evolved into we can talk freely about it, right? And talk freely about some of the processes, excuse me, that we can do during that time. And falling into that beautiful rhythm of a woman 's body, so that that 's just one thing you know I mean, how I really came into this is when i when I had my fibroid journey um, with discovering I had fibroids, and i uh, had to i was in the process of like figuring out what this was and um the experience that I had with that brought me to the knowledge that I have now.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is doing the work.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, I had, there was a disconnection, The, the disconnection was prevalent because I had somebody else tell me, you need to pay attention to this. I was getting a massage, uh, a lymphatic uh, drainage massage where the the practitioner went over my body and especially was uh, paying attention to all the connected parts of the lymphatic system. And he went over my belly and he's like, what is this? Now, if we're truly connected with our bodies, you know, we touch, we feel, we are going to feel things and then we're going to react. And, figure, and be like, okay, something's wrong here. I need to check it out, right? I had somebody else put, you know, go over my body and say, you need to look at this, right? Something's not right. He's like, what is this? And I was like, what do you mean? Right? And that's when I went to the doctor. And then that's when I got, uh, when they told me what it was. And then when, why this is uh, the advocacy advocacy piece comes in is because the first time I went to a gynecologist, um, I was very excited. I was like, yay, okay, we're going to figure this out and um, I'm going to get help, you know? I was very much dependent on what the gynecologist was going to say, you know, without me having some, some knowledge or whatnot it was just like okay what are you going to say you're going to help me you're going to fix me right and what ended up happening it was is that i was age shamed i was gender shamed i was um culture shamed
0: i need to stop for just one sec the first one you said i want i don't know if i misunderstood that can you say what the first shamed was uh oh i don't know now <laughs> <laughs> Unless you said a shamed, like first. No, were,
1: I was age shamed. Age, like age. That's,
0: that's it. Okay, yeah. age shamed. Because Sorry, I
1: was being asked questions of um, when was I, uh, how old am I? Have I, Do I have a boyfriend? Do I want children? When do I want to have children? You should really think about this. Yes, these are relevant questions, but they were so much in a, in a tone of well, what are you doing right now? You need to get on this if you want X, Y, and Z. And I'm just like, I'm just figuring out my body right Right. right now, you know? And then the question comes of, if we could just get you pregnant, then we can figure out how to best deal with it. And then once you're pregnant, we can then just dissolve that. And then we can have a best course of action. And like when that was presented (laughs) to me, I said, I'm like thinking, okay, you're a woman. Why, 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 why would you, why would you ask me that? Yeah. Why would you be so insensitive to say, let's get you in a, let's bring a, let's, let's half bring a life into this world and terminate it so we can figure out what's going on in your body. What? What, what? is that? You know? <laughs> and then there was the, the conversation of, of, oh, you, uh, this happens in black women commonly. So you have nothing to worry about. And then I would ask why, and there, was, there wasn't an answer to that. Mm. There, was no, there was nothing towards that. It was just like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know? You know, like in a sense of like, if you don't know, you don't know. But it was just dismissive. Right. You know, and so once I was given the options of invasive surgery or a drug that may or may not work, completely disrupt my hormonal system that may or may not work. Right. Choose. So by the end of that experience, I was just, I felt really low. I felt unseen. I felt
2: devalued.
1: And I felt powerless. And so I put on my clothes, I went out, uh, I left the, I was walking slower after the appointment. They said, you know, uh, they gave me some stuff to do to follow up with them. Um, And then I just walked out and I just, I just remember tears coming down my face. And I was just, I was like, did that just happen? You know? Did that experience just happen?
3: Hmm.
1: And I went home and I was just like, I didn't listen to my music or anything. I'm just sitting there and I'm, and I'm just like, I'm crying. And I was like, is this, is this it? Is is this how I deal? Is this how it's done? Is this how I deal with this? Um, And then I started to get agitated and that agitation started to get into anger. And I was just like, how dare, how dare, how dare you? How dare you treat me like that when all I wanted, all I was there for was to get hope, answers. Um, And then I realized I put all of my power into this person.
2: Where I needed
1: to put myself in the driver's seat. I was letting somebody else, I was, I was gladly at the time willing for somebody else to be in the driver's seat mm-hmm. and be like, okay, okay, yep, all right, awesome, and okay, and I do it. Instead of giving myself the knowledge to be a active participant in what was going on in my body soon after that i started hearing from other people saying oh they had fibroids oh they they just got diagnosed oh what are you doing what's happening as i was going through my journey and and a lot of it was from people of color and i was like what Why am I getting, why am I all of a sudden hearing from all all these people, you know, like, you know, friends, family and all of this, or just like, um, um, people out in the world. And I was like, there's something here. But, you know, I was still steeped in my, in my healing. Um, so I didn't really have an answer, but I knew that there was something more. Mm -hmm. So I changed my gynecologist. I went and I changed my doctor um, until I found somebody that was willing to listen and hear me and see me that I felt comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And then that started the deep dive into um, like your belly is actually like the uterus is actually the womb, like even using that terminology. And learning about those the the very, if you look at the womb and how it's interweaved with our body, it's very complex physically, right? Because at first I was looking at the physical, like, all right, what do I need to eat? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. What uh, practices do I need to do? I was looking at the physical body, the hormones and everything first. Then it got into the emotional, the spiritual... The, the feminine mysteries um, and all of it would just make me go just blue, like uh, I, to no fault of anybody growing up, I, you know, because this information is, is not widely talked about. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't widely talked about then it's starting to be talked about more now. So everybody, however they grew up, adapted to the environment and what was going on in society. Right? We talk a lot of now about self-care and wellness, and um, you know practices and all of these things. If we look back, our our grandparents, our grand, great grandparents, ancestors—there was none of that. Yeah, they because they were in survival
0: yeah yeah total they were just trying to
1: live you know so and there was high stress so this what is innately has already been there for like generations is now rising um in knowledge and so the advocacy comes into Knowing practices that you can do for yourself, knowing the body, knowing the language of the body, um, understanding how to communicate with it, understanding giving it preventative. Um, It's like when you're, you know, you you want to prevent certain things in the body. You got to exercise. You got to eat right and whatever. Blah blah blah. This is the same thing, right? How do you have a moon cycle that only lasts three days the way it's supposed to be? Right. How do you honor that, that gentle flow? What are you putting it in into your body that, so it allows it to just flow and relax and be instead of adding other stuff to it that will compromise it. How are we living our lives? How do we own our confidence and creativity in our, in our, our sacred sensuality? How do we own, um, All of these things, how do we own, like how do we treat our bodies? How are we out there in life when we create, uh, with uh, how we interact and how we have people treat us, right? All of these things are connected to the womb of our bodies. And the womb is the first thing that gets
2: affected by emotions,
1: Um, Trauma. Trauma. um, You know, where energy can get stuck or where energy starts to flow. Antibiotics. Um, So when I learned about this stuff
2: and even more, I'm still learning. I had a big aha yesterday. You know, Mm. it's like, it's all
1: the advocacy about being able to fully give ourselves the tool to take care of ourselves is very much a part of activism, right? Not so much like political, it can be, because if you look at what's going on with women, the right to have an abortion, or the right to do things that you shouldn't have to ask other people to say, can I do this to my body? It's your choice. But when those rights are taken away from you, then yeah, it gets political. Um, but it is, an, it is a form of activism to be fully empowered about your body. Mm-hmm. right? Which other people have. In, and you can look at history have sh- tried to suppress
0: right. mentally
1: and physically and the environment
0: mm-hmm. and emotionally mm-hmm. spiritually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. wow wow mm-hmm. so we're coming up to another marker here <laughs> time-wise and we still have a few more questions um to, to ask, are you okay with that? Um, yeah. we can, you know, yeah, I think, uh, probably. yeah, I'm looking at, uh, at the questions that we still have. Let's, let's then do, um, another, another part so that people can take all this information in pieces mm-hmm. instead of loading it all into one. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. um, because all of this information is, is so profound and powerful. So we want mm-hmm. to let people absorb it when they can. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more in the third part about the terms and vocabulary, uh, for people to use and, and to be aware of and how we can support, um, during this time, uh, mm-hmm. with black lives movement, uh, black lives matter movement. So mm-hmm. we're going to end this session here. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll come back for part three. Mm-hmm. Sound good. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. All right, friends. So once again, stay tuned. There's an excellent, awesome part three coming up. And uh, talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you or someone you know is in immediate need of help, please contact your local authorities, distress center, or professional care provider. If you'd like more information on this episode or other topics, go to my website, UrsulaYou'reDone.com.